If Christ is king, how should the Christian consider the kingdoms of this world? What does the Bible teach us about human authority and what it means to love our neighbors and our enemies? Before we render unto Caesar what is Caesar's, let's know what it means to render unto God what is God's. This is the Biblical Anarchy Podcast, the modern prophetic voice against war and empire. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Biblical Anarchy Podcast, a project of the Libertarian Christian Institute and part of the Christians for Liberty Podcast Network. This week and every week on Biblical Anarchy, we seek to live counterculture to the empire of man and to instead seek the kingdom of God by unpacking what the Bible teaches about government, authority, and human relationships. I'm your host, Jacob Daniel Winograd. Today I'm here with yet another interview from Freedom Fest. We're getting near the end of these. I only got a couple more, and I'm going to have a little bit of a break in the next episode. So next episode will be a interview I did with Alex Bernardo. So we'll have a little bit of a break from Freedom Fest interviews and then go back to a couple more that I still want to publish because I think they were good conversations. For this episode, I interviewed Mike Tremat. Mike Tremat is a potential nominee for the presidential ticket for the Libertarian Party. Libertarian Party, of course, we do not, as the Libertarian Christian Institute, make any political endorsements or recommendations or anything towards parties, candidates, or anything like that. But because the Libertarian Party bears the name Libertarian, we do talk about them just to talk about what they're advocating and to talk about the ideas and to interview candidates such as Mike Termat to see what they're about and what they're promoting just because we think they can be good conversation and good to talk about the issues at hand that are facing our society and that LCI also has a opinion on and that I have an opinion on. And so Mike Termat is a former officer who is now seeking the presidential nomination because he cares a lot about liberty, cares a lot about criminal justice reform. He saw a lot of abuse and corruption in his years on the force. And he also cares a lot about economic deregulation, the Federal Reserve. There's a lot of things that Mike Dramat really is really passionate about. And unfortunately, our short little 15-minute interview was not able to perfectly encapsulate all of that. But nonetheless, I thought it was an interesting conversation. I've encountered Mike a few times. This was the first time that we've been able to sit down and talk. And so I hope that you enjoy this conversation. Again, next week, we will be taking a break from Freedom Fest interviews, and I will be discussing, although something related to Freedom Fest, I will be discussing Christian nationalism on next week's episode with Alex Bernardo of the Protestant Libertarian Podcast. And I also wanted to take a moment just to say that the sessions, the main stage session and the breakout session should be releasing soon, or they should have already by the time this episode has aired. And so I will have, I believe, the main stage interview. There should be a link for that in the show notes. You can go watch that where Norman Horn had a discussion with Rich Lowry and Brian Kaplan, moderated by Nick Gillespie, on nationalism. And the title of it was Resurging Nationalism, A Threat to Human Flourishing. It was a really great conversation. And then A few days after this episode airs, the breakout session that I moderated between the LCI panel we had of Kerry Baldwin, Ryan McMakin, and Norman Horn, and then we had 
Alex Bernardo was unable to make it in person, but he virtually gave his presentation on Christian nationalism and what the liberty antidote is to that. So I probably won't have the link up right away for that, but I'll post that on social media and probably update the show notes with that link as soon as that is available, which will be a couple days after this episode airs. And then the following week, Alex and I are going to go more into detail on that subject. So I wanted to plug all of that because I think that those are interesting conversations and topics that were a focus of ours at Freedom Fest. And you've probably heard me sprinkle in some of those ideas and conversations in the interviews leading up to now. And we believe here at LCI that although Christian nationalism certainly isn't like dominating the Christian sphere yet, it is upcoming. It is something that we feel especially convicted as Christians and libertarians to speak about. And so you'll be hearing a lot about that over the next few weeks. And months to come, probably. So that is all I have as far as introductions. I hope that you enjoy this conversation with Mike Tremat. All right. Well, I'm Jacob Winograd. I'm here with the Libertarian Christian Institute at Freedom Fest in Memphis, Tennessee. And I am joined by Mike Tremat, who has decided to run for president and seek the nomination of the Libertarian Party. So, Mike, thanks for sitting down and chatting with me today. Oh, my goodness. Thank you. It's a joy to be with you, Jacob. Yes. Good to see you in Memphis. Yes, yes. Last time we talked, we were both in Pennsylvania. For we the run Liber- into each other in the strangest of places. Yes, we do. So, Mike, I wanted to sit down and just kind of get to know you a little bit better and talk about the things you care about, also share with you the things I care about, and yep. just give the listeners a chance to get to know you a little better and in terms of the issues that you're running on and so that they have an idea of who would they be voting for if they decided to vote for you. And disclaimer, LCI, we don't endorse political candidates and whatnot. Wouldn't ask you to do so. But we we certainly are happy to talk to them. You know, it's funny that you opened up your question the way that you do. Most podcasters don't start out by asking what's important to you. And it's a very interesting thing. And I I would uh, guess that it's no coincidence that you're with the Libertarian Christian Institute. And so naturally, you think about what it is that's important to you and what it is that's important to your listeners. And of course, that has to start with faith. There's no question about that. Yes. And then underneath that comes from your relationships in this world, right? Comes your relationships to your family, your friends, the people with whom you do business. And then way underneath that comes the public policy implications of how we all work together. And that is the answer to your question, that the reason I'm running for president is because I believe that libertarianism, with a lowercase l, I'm running, obviously, for the nomination of the Libertarian Party with a capital L, but I do believe that libertarianism has an obligation, not just an opportunity, to play an important role in 2024 in American politics. And the reason I believe that is because libertarianism is the only sustainable, long-run way not only to run an economy, we can talk about that, but it is also, in my view, the only way in the long run to sustainably allow for the development of our people, the development of an American culture that makes sense, that allows for the development of you and your family and your faith to pursue the life that was meant to be yours and not something that the government believes that it can control, influence, subsidize, penalize, or otherwise push in some weird direction or another. And it is for this reason that I am playing a role myself in this process. I believe that 
the Libertarian Party will play an important role in American politics in 2024. There is obviously a huge opportunity, competitively speaking, because the leadership of the Democratic Party and the leadership of the Republican Party both stink. But it is also true that it's each an understatement. one— It's an understatement <laughs> to people in your audience, right? But it is also true that the parties, the way that they have worked internally and the way that they have worked with each other over the past generation, I would argue probably the past two generations, is such that it has fostered a growing degree of authoritarianism in the United States. Authoritarianism, of course, is growing around the world. It used to be that we never thought that such a thing could happen in the United States, that we could see the idea that politicians would leverage your fear in order to try to make you believe that what you really need to guard against is not the loss of your civil liberties, but what you really need to guard against is that other idiot coming to power, and I'm here to protect you from him. That is the root cause of authoritarianism in a democracy, and that's what we see growing in the United States. Yeah. And they play that game of making the other side a boogeyman, but no matter who's in power, some things stay the same. One of them being that the bombs keep getting made and they kept being dropped on innocent civilians overseas. It's one of the issues that I care the most about as a Christian libertarian. And I spent a lot of my time on my podcast talking about our involvement both in the past, in the Middle East, and what went wrong there, and the disastrous role that I think America is playing in what's going on in Russia and Ukraine. What do you say to American voters who are concerned about war and our involvement as a country in these ongoing conflicts that are contributing to major loss of life? Because again, as a Christian, yeah. we care about our faith, we care about our friends, our family, our communities, right. and it can be easy sometimes to when that stuff's not happening here to not let the full impact of that hit us but if we you know just think about if you were sitting at home with your loved ones and then all of a sudden a yeah missile gets dropped on you and your right. entire life changes and that happens right. almost every day it does happen almost every day and to your point the places change but the underlying theme seems to persist from one generation to the next we were in all-out war in Afghanistan, in Iraq, and got out for about 20 minutes, and all of a sudden we're in another war in Ukraine now. Jacob, I would argue that the simple dignity of being represented as an American by a foreign policy that reflects your values, reflects your ethics, reflects your faith, that reflects the way that you believe that human beings should interact with each other, that simple dignity has been robbed from us. It has been robbed from you, it has been robbed from me. And we need to fight our way back to being represented by a policy that makes some sense that we find recognizable from our perspective, that we find to be a truer American version of what a foreign policy should look like. The idea that the American government should be taking money from you and me, from our neighbors, from our fellow citizens, from people around the United States forcibly, and using that money to project power for no other reason than to preserve our military hegemony, for no other reason than to maintain the United States government's control over the world. I find that problematic, not only from an ethical point of view, which is fundamental, 
and we've spoken about that. But I find it problematic even from an empirical point of view. At some point, you have to admit to the American people, we're just not good at it. <laughs> Tactically speaking, we seem to be pretty good at killing people and blowing things up, taking ground, holding it, opening sea lanes, keeping them open. We're even good at toppling governments as long as you don't mind the secrets eventually coming out. But are we really good at achieving strategic objectives that the American public would agree was worth it? No. There are no examples in recent history that our voters would point to and say, that was a good idea. Notwithstanding the billions <laughs> that went well. Of, no. <laughs> yeah, that went well. Notwithstanding the billions of dollars lost, or in the case of Iraq or Afghanistan, trillions of dollars. Yeah. Notwithstanding the thousands of lives lost, or again, in the case of Afghanistan and Iraq, including foreign nationals, many hundreds of thousands of lives lost. That was a good idea anyway. No, there, there are no such examples. So we have to admit that while you and I come at this from a very ethical point of view, an ethically driven point of view, even if you don't, even if you believe that this is really all about smash mouth politics and whoever has the strength ought to rule the world, even if you believe that, which would be a weird thing to believe, but even if you believe that, you would have to admit we stink at it. Yeah. We are not getting a bang for our buck. We now spend enough money in the Department of Defense that we could win a war against the entire rest of the world all at the same time. You gotta believe that that is a waste of money. Yeah, and what happens abroad does trickle back home as well because I think what we've seen is the effects of the war on terror and the tactics and the things that were created in that, like the Patriot Act and things like that, and also this sort of like more militarization has crept into our criminal justice systems, into our police systems. And we saw that on full display when the COVID lockdowns hit back in 2020. Well, who would have thought that a government that wanted to control the world would also want to control you? Right. It <laughs> would want to control Mike and Jacob, right? Right. You didn't know that we were so interesting until the government wanted to run our lives for us. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, that's something I think more people on the right are starting to wake up to, and some on the left as well, but just that not only is it important to end the American global hegemony that is so destructive, but we have to understand that that is being turned inward on the American people. And what would you say, I know your background is in criminal justice and things like that. What are some of the, you know, we don't have a lot of time here, but what are some of the core things that need to be changed to help getting us? There's so much that needs to be done, but what, what can we do to start getting in the right direction? We've got three minutes. Solve the criminal justice yes. reform problem. <laughs> well, there, let me throw out two categories. One is that we need to change the way that we manage police. Having been a police officer myself for 11 and a half years until about a year and a half ago, I recognize that we need a system that is much more driven by competitiveness and by market forces. You need a way to replace your department with a different contractor if necessary. And we need to live in a world where the best police officers, and by the way, the best teachers, get paid more, the mediocre get paid less, and the worst get fired. We need it to yes. be much more like other industries. The other thing, the other bucket of changes that we need to make, we need to be able to recognize that police officers are asked to enforce a whole bunch of laws that are just frankly stupid. The idea that we would use our criminal code to make changes in culture, I find bass backwards. We need to realize and take to heart that public policy is downstream from culture. Yes. And criminalization needs to be way downstream 
even from public policy. Even if you believe that, as I do, that drugs are bad for you, the war on drugs has not successfully helped us. It has not succeeded in keeping people away from drugs. It is not only does the government not have the moral authority to tell us what we should and should not do with our body, but even if you were to cede authority to someone, you would not cede that authority to someone as incompetent as the government of the United States, whether at the state level or the federal level. It just has proven that it cannot get the job done in terms of this very important health crisis. It creates black markets. That's what's dangerous. We see black markets everywhere that we try to upend culture with either criminalization or some other form of public policy, and we got to cut it out. Yeah, that's a very important point. And, you know, one of the things that LCI is here at Freedom Fest to talk about, we have a session later today on Christian nationalism. And it's very frustrating to me that a lot of conservatives and Christians haven't learned the lesson that you just displayed, which is that using the civil magistrate to try to enforce things that we would agree are not good. Like, I don't think that people smoking weed or even like, using heroin or things like that are good. I don't believe in certain social practices or behaviors that people in the more left side of culture are trying to celebrate and normalize. But the question we have to ask ourselves as Christians and just as people is like, all right, what is the government's role in this? And I think that comes down to understanding what government is, which is government is the legitimate use of force, which is you have to ask, when is it legitimate to use that force? And it's, I don't... It certainly is not legitimate to use force to end debates about culture. Yes. To end debates about ethics, to end debates about faith. And we would all agree with that. And to your point, people seem to forget that that's what government is. Yes. It's not just a bug in the system. It is the defining feature of what government is. And for this reason, we need to be a heck of a lot more careful about how we wield that sword. To your point, Jacob, I was raised by a Lutheran and by a Calvinist. You do not want to know how my family feels about how you should run your life, right? <laughs> they would tell you, yeah. and, and, and fairly predictably so, right? And I love my family, I am grateful for my faith, but is it appropriate for us to go around telling people how to live their lives and then backing that up by force? Of course not. It seems silly on its face. It's also contradictory you, to our faith because Jesus didn't do that. Of course it is. Of course it is. But that's exactly what too many conservatives, in effect, want to do by wielding the power of the government. Yes. Well, Mike, I appreciate you sitting down with me here. Uh, if people want to learn more about your run and the things you're doing, listening to you, where can it's they a, it's find It's a big more? secret, Jacob. We're trying not to let anyone hear about what we're doing <laughs> in our campaign. We're trying to keep it as quiet as possible. If anyone wants to make a donation, we just believe that you should keep that money to yourselves. If anyone wants to work in our campaign, you're out of luck. Or you could realize that I'm being completely sarcastic and go to MikeTremont.com. <laughs> but you'd have to spell it right. You'd have to go to M-I-K-E-T-E-R-M-A-A-T.com. Or you can go to GoldNewDeal.org, which is an explanation of our platform that we call the Gold New Deal because we believe we need a fundamentally new and different relationship between us and our government. So you can go to Gold New Deal, link into MikeTremont.com. We have a robust professional staff, and we are looking for people to join that group and people that want to join as volunteers. We are expanding. 
we are getting the message out in terms of libertarianism and also in terms of the fact that we have a winning campaign, that we are going to be playing a major role in American politics next year. And it's an exciting thing to be a part of. So I would welcome anyone who wants to reach out. My contact information is there. Yeah, if you have a few bucks that you just need to get rid of, these things run on money. So we would welcome the support. Awesome. Well, thanks, Mike. Appreciate you sitting down. Nice to see you. Thanks. The Biblical Anarchy Podcast is a part of the Christians for Liberty Network, a project of the Libertarian Christian Institute. If you love this podcast, it helps us reach more with a message of freedom when you rate and review us on your favorite podcast apps and share with others. If you want to support the production of the Biblical Anarchy Podcast, please consider donating to the Libertarian Christian Institute at biblicalanarchypodcast.com, where you can also sign up to receive special announcements and resources related to biblical anarchy. Thanks for tuning in.